You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open. <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill. Unbelievable. Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hit is that, though, man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. Tua, shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. We got it. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown pass of the day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, the training camp preview series rolls on as we broach the defensive side of the football after we finish the offense. Running backs and linebackers go under the microscope today. Plus, we're going to hear from new Dolphins linebacker David Long and my 100 yards walk and talk chat with the new Miami linebacker. From the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex, this is the Drive Time Podcast. Off the top here, I want to go ahead and mention Tua Tungavailoa's trip to Edison High, the Red Raiders football program, which he teamed up with Gatorade to donate $65,000 for gear and equipment towards both the men's football team and the women's flag football team there, and had some really inspiring words for the kids, and just really cool to see QB1 out in the community doing his thing, and really kind of putting his print here, uh, imprint I should say, on the South Florida community and really kind of taking ownership of that star power and, and really making an impact. So you love to see th- stuff like that. You also love to see the fact that training camp is less than a week away in terms of getting back on the practice field. And we're going to go back to the offense here for the last offensive position preview here on the training camp preview, the running backs. And that's kind of the position analog on offense to linebackers. So we'll also do off-ball linebackers on this episode. Tomorrow, The Edge with Emmanuel Ogba and Jalen Phillips both on the podcast. And then Monday, DBs with Cater Kohu on the show. And then the 25th, Tuesday, Specialist and Interior Defensive Line with Jake Bailey. Let's go ahead and talk about running backs right now, though. And number 23, Jeff Wilson Jr. I like the way Seth said it on Seth Levitt on the Fish Tank podcast uh, on Jeff Wilson's episode of the Fish Tank. This dude has some shit to him. And that's all I can think of when I watch him run the football. He's also a little bit of a different runner than the rest of the backfield from a stylistic standpoint. I think you value that in short yardage. I look back to the regular season game in Buffalo when we struggled on third downs, five for 14 total, two for six on third and four or less, which was kind of a problem all year long. And I just keep saying that seems like a really <clears throat> quick fix that you can make with a couple of adjustments. You have to go out and execute it, but it seems like that is, I'd rather be have to repair third and four or less than, you know, figure out our third and eight offense, which is one of the best in the NFL last year. Uh, Jeff Wilson forced 16 missed tackles on 94 attempts. I think he keeps you flexible in terms of three down play calling because you can trust him in pass pro and as a receiver. Just a guy that I think you find on a lot of great rosters in terms of his makeup and skill set combination. Number 26, Savon Ahmed. You guys know what I think about Savon's game by now. Explosive and big playability. He hits the line of scrimmage with conviction, some good tackle-breaking ability evident on that run in Buffalo last year for a touchdown. He offers special teams value, and I think he allows you to not go to major drop-off from the guys we've seen get more run ahead of him. For instance, you know sometimes you play your third or fourth guy to position, that guy can be maybe just a special teams type of player only. But with Savon, when we were without Jeff in that Buffalo game, 
you can give Savon carries and he can make a difference like he did on that touchdown run. Number 28, Devon A-Chain. I think everyone's excited about this rookie from Texas A&M. Game-changing speed, explosive plays in college as a runner, receiver, and return man. A true four-down player there for the Aggies. I'm just so curious to see how quickly he can get acclimated to the pro game. For most, there's an adjustment period, and I think once he sees the game slow down a little bit, and maybe it happens right away, he could be a super valuable asset to the backfield. I always think about that show, All or Nothing, the first year of it with the Cardinals, and they went to the NFC Championship game and got waxed by the Panthers, but David Johnson was enjoying a breakout rookie season, and I'll never forget Bruce Arians talking about the, what they saw in the running back and he was like you know right now we're going to just kind of work him into the fold but come Thanksgiving he's going to have a big you know role in the football team and I wonder if that could be a similar you know <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for here trajectory for Devon A. Chain maybe it's sooner maybe it doesn't happen until year two like you never know but I, I just think about that because I think you have the opportunity with the way the rest of the backfield has been constructed to, to ease Devon in or to put him in right away uh, you know We'll see what happens. I just love the way he's wired, too. Like, the theme in this room and on this team really loves the work, loves the grind in the film room, the weight room, practice field. These guys are going to go – they're going to do the right things, right? And knowing Coach's background with run game coordination – I have a hard time thinking the plan was anything less than coach detailing what he could do with Devon's talent before the draft and making the case for drafting him based on those possibilities. I just love the makeup of the room in the sense that you pretty much know what you have with running it back, but then you inject this shot of speed and playmaking potential and energy with a guy who is as talented as they come in Devon A-Chain. Number 30, our only, not our only, our, our first fullback, Alec Ingold. What more can you say about Alec Engel? Remember that fake counter throwback pass we had to him? I want to say it was the Baltimore game. I still think about that in the sense that he just opens up your playbook in a way that so few players in the league can really do. He was so valuable in those Buffalo games going up against that exclusive nickel defense they run. It's like 94% of the time. And drawing those lead block matchups on defensive backs, most notably their star nickel corner, Teron Johnson. But even a great nickel corner trying to take on blocks by a fullback is going to be outmatched. Then the ability to threaten in the passing game when you when teams play you in base, which is typically how you have to defend two back sets, right? You get you know twenty one personnel or twenty two personnel. You better get linebackers in there to to help you know defend the run. And then from there, if we have the speed at receiver, you can also make the team the defense pay for not having the correct personnel on the back end. It's just a conflict that you create for the defense. I legit think you've got Kyle Juszczyk and you've got Alec Ingle in terms of players with this type of skill set. Patrick Ricard and CJ Ham are both awesome players, but different types of players at the position. We are very fortunate to have Alec Ingold down here. Number 31, Raheem Mostert, one of my favorite people on the roster, one of the best touchdown celebrations in the entire business, and one of the fastest dudes on the planet, on the earth, or or I should say uh, on land or by sea because he's a great surfer. I think Raheem is one of the more valuable pieces on the roster, and the reason is threefold. Number one, the way this passing game and play pass game stretches defenses, and this goes back to the receiver preview, both vertically and horizontally, and specialized in displacement at that second level, Raheem's experience in the offense with that speed complements that to a T. Experience, speed, pass game complement. He really offers the total package in those 
uh, departments. I loved how he ran the football down the stretch. Some real, as again, Seth Levitt calls them, grown-ass man runs where he dragged tacklers down the field and refused to go down. Some of those runs in the first three quarters of that finale against the Jets helped us maintain field position in a game where neither offense could do much. Uh, you know, backup quarterbacks and the whole like, where we desperately needed it in a defensive struggle and eventually 11-6 to win. 1,093 yards from scrimmage, five touchdowns, 39 missed tackles forced on 181 rush attempts and 3.52 yards after contact on average. Awesome, underrated, awesome, awesome player. Number 33, Chris Brooks, the rookie from BYU. The things I said about Jeff Wilson's play style appeal, uh, apply, I should say, to the rookie here from the, what, what's BYU, the Cougars? wrong Cougars. He is a pile pusher, man. Go watch his college tape, and he is typically the one doing doling out the punishment. It's a deep room here, a tough roster to crack, but Brooks will have to rely upon his physicality and his pass game prowess to hope to make waves in camp. Number 37, Miles Gaskin. You'd be hard-pressed to find a better professional in this game than Miles Gaskin. I remember my first year here going out on Tuesdays at work and seeing him get extra working on the player day off every single day. Never complains, works his butt off, learns new systems, and really has fulfilled every role imaginable since being a seventh-round draft pick back in 2019. Good vision, reaction back, who's carried the load, been a spell guy, and been that teammate who helps give good looks to the defense and scout team. I don't think you'd find anyone that would have anything but ultimate praise for Miles in this building. Remember, as recently as 2021, he scored seven touchdowns and tied the team lead that year with Jalen Waddell. Number 46, John Lovett, the last fullback, the last running back here. He's been fun to watch out here at practice, a former Wildcat quarterback at Princeton, and you see that skill set in terms of his ability to get out in the pattern. It's tough to gauge a fullback's impact and tag off practice, but when you see 46, uh, it come, when it comes to the passing game, you can see him pop out here uh, if you come to these practices. Look, fun group as a whole. Like I said, I love the security you have in terms of depth, proven talent up and down, and then dropping the dynamic rookie in and seeing how that ingredient changes the room. I just think every position group here makes up one of the best rosters in the NFL. Let's go ahead and take our first break right there and come back on the other side and hear from Dolphins linebacker David Long. And then on the third segment of the show, we'll preview his position group, the linebackers. All that next, Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? Travis Wingfield here. 100 yards with Travis Wingfield back with New Dolphins linebacker David Long Jr. Let's go ahead and make our way down the field, David. Yes, sir. So how's it, how are you feeling coming back into camp and uh, getting ready for a new season? Oh, it feels good, man. You know, different team, different, you know, set. You know, but, you know, same game, uh, same player. You know, just ready to get back to it. So why Miami? Why'd you choose the Dolphins? Oh, um, man, really, it, the, the fit, it just chose me, really. Like, you know, I prayed on the, um, the situation. 
Um, I really didn't stress too much about it, you know. Um, I just believed in myself and wherever, you know, I landed. I was going to make the most of it. Um, and ended up being here, you know, with some guys I already know, with, you know, Vic and, you know, my head coach. Uh, he's one of the coolest persons <laughs> I've ever met. Uh, but, you know, just the, the whole fit, man, it just has been good. Tell me about, you mentioned Vic Fangio there. Tell me about incorporating his uh, defensive system and kind of getting getting it down. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad. I'm so glad I already know a little bit of it because, you know, he, it's a different type of defense. Um, but, you know, it's, it fits me well. Um, you know, I'm able to excel at it. Well, you know, the type of player I am. Um, you know, just to be around that influence, you know, he's taught so many players um, that I've watched. Like, Navarro Bowman was just here. Uh, so, you know, just being able to, you know, just to learn uh, from experience, you know, just to build on that. Bowman and Patrick Willis is a pretty good duo out there in San Francisco for <laughs> <What>? a while. <laughs> yeah, man, just just growing up watching those guys. Yeah. So it was cool to, you know, just to meet him, you know, just get some game from him as well. You mentioned uh, having some friends already here on the team. I always like to ask guys that are new, like, how you fitting in? You said you already knew some guys on the team, though. Yeah, well, you know, David, my, my agent, Muligeta, he has the whole team, basically. Um, so, you know, just coming in here, I already know some guys made the transition, you know, way more easier and, you know, comfortable because um, that's what's going to, you know, make us a team, you know. Uh, building it on it off the field. You also mentioned Coach McDaniel. I have to ask you about that because everyone has their own unique experience with Coach McDaniel. Yeah. How has it been getting to know him so far? It's been good. It's been fun. You know, just to pick up on his little mannerisms <laughs> and his sayings and stuff and how he, you know, he interacts with the players is pretty cool. Good stuff. So you come here from Nashville by way of Cincinnati. You said you got a kids camp coming up here this summer. What, tell us about that. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Well, I'm from Cincinnati, Dayton area. Um, you know, just being able to be that guy that can, you know, influence these kids and, you know, have that, that impact on them. Uh, it was great for me, so I started the camp like three years ago. Um, yeah, and it's been rolling, man. Uh, the kids are excited to come every year. You know, I just plan to keep on building on that and just incorporating you know, things to help my community. Good stuff, David Long Jr. Thank you, man. Appreciate okay. you. Appreciate you. There he goes, short and sweet, 100 yards. It's tough to walk slow and get more than a few minutes out of those, but we really appreciated the guys taking time with us and, and giving us some fun summer content here. And I know it was supposed to be a little more evergreen, so I apologize if some of those questions are outdated, but uh, we'll do better on that next time. But still, I think pretty fun. Let's go ahead and take our last break right there and come back on the other side and preview the linebackers. That's next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. We pick it back up for the third and final segment here on this edition of the Drive Time Podcast, talking all things off-ball linebackers. And you do have defensive line and then basically linebackers, but I like to break it up into more specific groups, even though you'll see some crossover here for guys that play different positions here. I mean, that's how the entire NFL goes, but especially in a Vic Fangio defense. We start with number 41, Channing Tindall. And the thing I like, again, about this roster so much 
you know, I think it's hard to not say the explosive nature of the offense, but maybe more the esoteric aspect of how each position group seems to have what I like to call proven NFL resumes and then depth that features a ton of upside. And that's how I feel about Channing and this linebacker room. Like Bacon Long have had really good careers. We saw Duke get more time on defense last year and really carve out a role for himself. Then Tyndall, from a physical skill set standpoint, you could make the case that he leads the room in that regard. He's fast as hell. He played with that explosive nature at Georgia as a rusher in the running game. You know, his 10 split jumps off the tape, his broad, his vertical jump, 80th plus percentile in all of those categories. Saw a handful of snaps on defense a year ago. Uh, Had a really good spy rep against Justin Fields. Had one that wasn't so good after that. But now he'll have a chance to carve out a bigger role in this new defense in his second year. Remember, he's just 23 years old, didn't have a lot of game experience at Georgia in that loaded Bulldogs defense before his final year. And even then, he only played like 420 snaps. So excited to see how he grows in year two and how he attacked the offseason. Number 45, Duke Riley. I thought the game where Duke really showed you his value is you know, the, the most as far as defense goes, and we always knew that he was good on special teams, right, was the 2021 game against Baltimore on a Thursday night down here when they had Bake come down off the edge more and play Duke inside. We've seen him run the pipe and go step for step with some of the speediest number three receivers up the seam. He's blocked a punt in that Panthers game a couple years ago. He's been part of the core special teams, and he can really play all three Mike, Sam, and Will positions uh, off-ball linebacker. Plus, he might have the best hair in the game, which goes a long way too. 12 run stops last year on just 76 rundown snaps, nine pressures on 33 pass rush snaps, and then just 0.68 yards allowed per coverage snap, and that was on 271 snaps in coverage. So he can do a little bit of everything for you. Kind of a nice utility man, jack of all trades. I like him in that first man off the bench, like a sixth man role, but also can start him in a pinch and know you're going to be fine there as well. Number 51, David Long Jr. Look, <laughs> Regular listeners of the podcast know how fired up I am about this player. My favorite trait in a football player is the mental acumen to anticipate and make plays because of the work you put in on Wednesday through Friday, which makes sense how I feel about our quarterback, right? He's really, really good in that regard. But linebacker is kind of the analog on defense of that in terms of studying the flow of, of you know what the offense's tendencies are. That's what made me fall in love with Zach Thomas. And I think David Long is one of the best processors at the linebacker position in the game today. On the free agent breakdown, I talked about the play against the Raiders where he dictated the running back's read before ultimately shutting off the lane that he flashed to him because he knew how to influence the action of the read based upon the blocking scheme. At least that's what my amateur scouting eye took from the snap, but just really, really instinctive and, and plays you know ahead of the game more so than his counterparts. He's productive in all three aspects of the position, run, blitz, or cover. He's the type of player that makes those around him better, and I think that, plus his range, is why I consider him a perfect fit for the Fangio system. He made 40 run stops last year on 216 rundown snaps. I put this on Twitter, and you'll hear it on the Defensive Tackles episode next week. On 24% of our defense's plays against the run last year, Wilkins or Sealer made a run stop. Not a tackle, a run stop, which is a defensive win, you know, short amount of yardage allowed compared to the down and distance of the play. You add David Long to this group, and now you've got a triumvirate. He alone made run stops on 20% of Tennessee's run defensive plays in just 11 games last year. An absolute beast. Number 52, Aubrey Miller. Emery Hunt's pick for the UDFA that makes a squad this year, or at least one of them, I think it was. Uh, you want speed, you want explosiveness, here you go. Six foot, 229. We saw that at the Senior Bowl, man. He, my first look at him was in that game because I didn't watch a lot of Jackson State football. But big hitter, just built to play football. If I showed you his tape 
you know, in motion, like running it, you wouldn't say you, you would say, I should say that's a 250 pound thumper because he just plays that way, but he has the speed that you wouldn't expect from a player that big. Of course, he's only 230 pounds physical as hell, loves the game. Jim Nagy, the director of the senior bowl raved about his love of the game and how teams felt about it uh, in the run up to the draft. He was treating running backs like speed bumps and one-on-one blitz pickup drills down on mobile. There's a clip of him steamrolling Tajay Spears at one point. Definitely a guy I'm watching deep into the defense when we see units two and three go out there. 22 pressures last year on 90 pass rush snaps and 49 run stops on 323 rundown plays. Very effective player in college. Number 55, Jerome Baker. You all know about double nickels at this point. I think what makes Jerome such a special, you know, fit in this defense and player here for so long is that he's seen his role evolve really each year. I go back to my first year doing the podcast here at the Dolphins and Channing Crowder raved about all that Jerome Baker takes on. But the bottom line is that he's always responsible for just so much. He's also so incredibly durable, never misses a game. He's been a green dot guy called the defense. He's been a rush specialist as a rookie. He's been the focal point of a blitz-happy dominant defense back in 2020. He's played on and off the football, down off the will and the mic positions, does a little bit of everything. I just hope Aubrey Miller kind of takes to his tutelage because they've got similar makeup and that fast first step. 83 career pressures on 583 pass rush snaps, had that seven sack year a couple seasons ago. 197 run stops in his career. And how about just shy of 4,700 snaps in five years? He doesn't leave the field very often. And then, of course, you guys probably saw the news earlier this week. Zeke Vandenberg was placed on injured reserve at the start here, or I should say before training camp. So uh, he is not going to be on the active roster here during training camp. So there you go. Shorter episode today, running backs and linebackers, but that's okay. We have a longer one tomorrow for you with Emmanuel Ogba and Jalen Phillips on the edge position. And that'll wrap up the week. And then we have two more preview episodes. And then we're talking about practice uh, next Wednesday, July 26th. So keep it locked right here. In the meantime, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth and Juice. Check out our YouTube channel for media availability. There's going to be plenty of those coming up here in the coming weeks for Dolphins Today and Drive Time and Fish Tank content. And of course, last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Carolina and Cameron, daddy.